0: First, I want to thank uh, those of you who are offering your patience who are tired of hearing about what I'm about to speak about. I never really claimed to be a basketball fan. I do enjoy watching an occasional good game, but I wouldn't call myself a particular fan of basketball. So when the Cavs began winning, especially after last year, I kind of poo poohed it. and said, well, isn't that interesting? But remember, this is Cleveland. It really doesn't mean much. So nobody was more surprised than I was when the championship game was being played and I found myself deeply invested in watching the game. A couple of times I just had to get up and walk out of the room for a little while because I was getting so tense about the whole thing. I even found myself saying Hail Marys during the game which is something I do not believe with professional sports. Sebastian, my dog, was starting to get all upset. And he'd come over and lick my hand. And toward the end of the game, he just started barking. I'm sure he had no idea why he was barking. He just knew this was an appropriate time to bark. And then finally, when the calves won, I came over here and I rang the steeple bells. And then. <laughs> <laughs> The other people who were sleeping weren't that excited about it. (laughs) And then Sebastian and I went for a walk around the block just listening to all the fireworks going off and all the happy celebrations. What I don't like about professional sports in general is the illusion that this is really our team. It has anything, that these people have anything to do with our city other than we paid them to come here and be our team. And if uh, another city would pay them more, they would go there and be just as loyal to them. But in this case, this particular case, there was a man raised on Akron Water fed with Summit County corn, went to our schools, and who came back here and promised his hometown that he would win a championship for them. If you read the articles about this that came out about it, it sounds like he personally and resolutely won this championship. In a USA USA Today article, Mr. James is reported as saying, you give me one game. You give me 48 minutes, I'll take my chances. Once we got to game seven, I was just confident. I knew what I was capable of doing. I knew my guys would allow me to lead them throughout the 48 minutes, and they did just that. Sports Illustrated said the Cavaliers ultimately won the NBA championship because of LeBron James' orchestration. It's kind of fun to think that he just decided he was going to do it, and he did. And so gave Cleveland the sixth largest sports gathering in all of history when we all turned out for the parade in downtown Cleveland. After years of hope and crushed dreams and lowered expectations, when the event finally came, Northeast Ohio went slightly insane, just as... uh, Uh, An example, one of our seminarians, I don't want to mention David's name because I don't want to embarrass him. (laughs) After the game that night, went to one of our local sporting goods places and stayed in line until 3 o'clock in the morning in order to get a championship t-shirt. Granted, basketball has nothing on the salvation of the universe. And I'm definitely not equating Mr. James with Jesus. But the situation in which we found ourselves could give us a feeling about what was going on in the gospel today. Jesus told his disciples this before today's gospel. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law and must be killed and on the third day raised to life. This is something I have to do in order to bring about victory. And so he resolutely, we are told today in the gospel, determined to journey to Jerusalem where these things would take place. Along the way, there were detractors. We read about the ones today who would not welcome him. And if you could call them Jesus's fans, as they were, wanted to teach them a harsh lesson. But he did not want to be distracted from his goal by these other things that were going on. So he counseled them, let's just continue on. We've got a mission. As his popularity grew and his mission took on steam, many joined the bandwagon and others had their excuses. You read about them today. And he warned them, this is not going to be easy. We are going to be challenged. One of the guys says, let me go and bury my father first, and then I will follow you. It probably did not mean that his father had passed away and is laying around somewhere while this guy took the day off to go see Jesus. Remember, they didn't even have embalming at that point. It was more likely he was saying, you know, after my parents pass on and I've got a little bit more freedom, then I'll come follow you, Jesus. But Jesus is on a mission and he tells the guy, your salvation is taking place right now. You need to do this now. You need to follow me now, not just when you have the time. Another says to him, let me say farewell to my family at home. Now this might be a little bit of hyperbole on Jesus' part. You know, the guy wants to, Jesus tells him, don't keep turning back and looking back what's behind, keep moving forward. You remember when you were learning to drive and they tell you to look over your shoulder before you switch lanes on the highway and you would look and your hands would go with you (laughs) and the car would just kind of switch over. That takes a little while to get that uh, coordination down. But that's what Jesus was talking about. He says, you can't keep looking back. If you look back, you'll get off course. We know as Jesus continued on, more gathered on the hopeful victory bandwagon, some thinking that too much was promised, and so they jumped off. The showdown with death was a scary one, but in the end, Jesus rises victorious. And then we see this outrageously spreading of the church, how quickly it did. After his, the success of his mission, those who watched from the sidelines with passing interest are now stepping forward to be baptized and become missionaries. And the message spreads throughout the land. And you and I today are invited to have that same resolute determination to head on to heaven. You know, the word parishioner, parishioner, comes from the ancient Greek word which originally meant Sojourner in a foreign land. Sojourner in a foreign land. We are a bunch of people who happen to live here. But we consider this a foreign land. Foxes have dens and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to rest his head. Our true citizenship is in heaven. That's from where we were born and where we are to return. This is not Christ's home and neither is it ours. We are all on a journey to our homeland. As LeBron set his face on the championship, as Jesus set his gaze on Jerusalem, we too, just as determinedly, set our face toward heaven. We will broker no distraction, harbor no sin, not be patient with delay, entertain no doubt nor allow for compromise. Our goal is heaven. The championship is salvation. Christ is our captain, and we are to follow him resolutely. Because losing is not an option. The stakes are too high. Our hope is too great. So today, let us delve into this Mass, and each of us mine from it everything that it has to offer Give our mind, our soul, and our strength to it. Be open to every drop of grace as to be awarded the trophy of salvation.